Hi there! Welcome to episode 49 of the Waveback Music Podcast. My name is Chris. And I'm Matt. And we're here to listen to the most interesting video game music there is. What you were just listening to was a portion of a song called Strike the Earth from Shovel Knight. You might also remember it as the level one music from that game. And tonight, to celebrate the new year, we're going to be presenting you with some of our favorite level one music. It's quite an eclectic mix, as these episodes tend to be, so get ready for some fun. Welcome to the Waveback New Year Special. Matt, this was your idea, so why don't you tell us a little more about what we're up to this evening? That's right, blame it on the new guy. Um, <laughs> hey, I, it's a good idea. Okay, blame it on the new guy. Uh, I think it's fairly straightforward. Level one, uh, new year, first podcast of the year, first level. Well, see where I'm going? Um, yeah, like, like. I thought it'd be a good way to kick off the new year with um, some of our favorite level one musics. I think uh, level one for any game that has background music gets ingrained in a person's head, especially the older stuff where you couldn't continue from where you died or, uh, you know, passwords weren't a thing yet. We didn't have auto saves and saves and things like that. So you're consistently playing level one. Like everyone yeah. knows the, the theme song to stage one mario brothers you know uh, you know if you ask someone to sing the song from mario brothers they'll sing that song so i think there's a lot of stuff there contra music you know this contra yes stage one of contra stage one of uh ghosts and goblins oh, battle toads yes. these kinds of things you know they, they just get ingrained in your memory and not only that but they're also first impressions they're you know there is some of some of that stuff is extraordinarily memorable because it's the first song you heard when you tried a game for the first time you're absolutely right and uh i didn't even think of that when kind of slapping this idea together uh if you're listening to this podcast for the first time let's say and you're getting our introduction to what is my hope an awesome year in in putting together video game music for a podcast so you know take this journey with us welcome welcome to the wave back indeed welcome to wave back there's 48 more episodes for you to listen to. <laughs> yeah where the hell you been man seriously we've been at this for a while uh, you know some of us well Matt I was really happy that you that you approached us with this um, I know I, I, I keep saying we're going to get back to regular episodes and we are with our, our next episode going to yes. be you know we, we pick a game and we listen to music from it uh, but these special episodes have been a lot of fun they're, they're a nice deviation um, and you know like Matt said if you're just joining us uh, typically the way the show works is we pick a game and then we listen to the music from said game uh, but we do a bunch of specials towards the end of the year to kind of tie in with the various holidays and things that are going on and uh, i'm really i was really excited about this level one one because uh, there's just so much good there's so many great <laughs> level one themes um so matt and i each picked five uh, as we tend to do with these things so it'll be a total of 10 tracks this evening plus a little bonus one at the end over the credits and uh we're gonna kick things off with uh really one of the most memorable stage one themes in the history of video games, this is such a great pull, Matt. So uh, why don't you kick us off and tell us what you're starting us with. So if you've been listening, uh, the way I approach our episodes is a, like a shotgun approach. I basically just say, all right, what first levels are there? And then from there, I listen to a bunch of them and I say, oh, yeah, I remember this one. Oh, no, I can't. No, no, no. And I, I basically do like a, a top 10 and whittle it down to the five, because as you said, we do five and five. Um, a really close contender, and I will say I'll give an honorable mention to the original Castlevania for Nintendo. But my first pick is the theme of Simon Belmont 
from Super Castlevania 4 for the Super Nintendo. Uh, it was composed by uh, Masanori Adachi, who also did Russian Attack and a handful of other games. Um, you want to talk first impressions for video games? This is, you know what, I mean, if you're not familiar with the franchise uh, and you pick this very randomly to play, you're coming in on part four of all places, you know what you're getting into. Uh, you know, let's forget cover art, let's forget graphics. You hear this song, you know exactly what, what you're in store for. Yeah, I, I, to, to set the stage just a tiny bit more on this, uh, the, the intro here is that what you're, what you're going to hear is when the music kicks in proper. But when you start Super Castlevania 4, there's actually a, a tiny prelude song that happens. Like you, you go through this very, very quiet. Um, it's just a couple of it's one. Two, it's technically only two notes and, and played it in, in different speeds. And it's like this little area, you know, you whip a couple of candles, climb a couple of stairs, and it does such an amazing job of setting the stage for the overall creepiness of Castlevania. And then a drawbridge comes up and you jump on the other side of it. And as soon as you walk through, this happens. And oh, man, just the now intro this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Chris is right. Here it is. The theme of Simon Belmont from Castlevania 4.
know, I know, I know that you're busting at the seams. So I'm just going to let you start, man. Go for it. All right. I am absolutely busting at the seams. So, all right. Granted, I have already had a chance to talk about this song because this was the first track on episode 13 of Wave Back, which was our very first spooky special, because that's I, I totally agree with you, Matt. This is as amazing as the original Castlevania a vampire killer song is and the amazing as it starts in the original Castlevania this is probably the most badass perfect start to a Castlevania game because like I said that whole business where you go through the drawbridge that's awesome and then as you walk through that crunching noise in the beginning if you've never played this game before is a giant fence just plummeting out of the ground and it's all covered in vines and nastiness and then that that oh the pipe organ sound comes in where this game comes from is was such an amazing time, at least for me, because this was this is a very very early Super Nintendo game, mm -hmm. and this is you know Castlevania one, two, and three, and the Game Boy ones. It's mm -hmm. like uh, this was all the Castlevania. What is Super Nintendo going to hold for Castlevania? What's Super Nintendo going to hold for Mega Man and Mario and Zelda? Like it was so amazing seeing these games graduate to sixteen bit, and <laughs> God, this game. When they nailed this music so hard in this game, it was it was just amazing because this this music sounds so incredible. The sound quality of the the samples that they used in this are just it, it, they're just so incredible. The the strings, the the drums, like and God, even just going off the drums, do you know how freaking crazy the drums are in this song? Like they're just they're they're so. They're not just your typical drum beat. There's just, there's so much going on, especially during the the main dun, 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 dun. like the drums are just going all over the map, and they're they're so and because they're, they're so complex and they're just they're just perfect there. And this whole track, just the way that it 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 bounces. All, oh no, I dropped my microphone. The way it bounces all over the place <laughs> is just incredible. This this whole. This this whole song is really just just a, a freaking masterpiece. It is just gorgeous. Should I get you a towel? Is everything okay on your end? Your mic's okay and all that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm good. I just smacked it with my hand because I was talking with my hands. <laughs> oh Jesus, <laughs> freaking Italians! This song, like nothing hits harder than when this music swells after the drawbridge comes in, the gate shoots up. Nothing hits harder than that. Um, like I said in the intro, like it really, you know, like everything, it, as you'd said too, it sets you up for what you're in store for. And yeah, you know, if you listen to like, if you, if you do a passive listen, it sounds like there's a lot going on as you progress through the game. There is a lot going on, uh, you know, taking full advantage of the super Nintendo stuff. You get some mode seven graphics, you get some rooms moving where you're hanging on by your, your trusty whip chain and. Yeah, you know, there's a, just a lot of great enemies. There's a lot of great stuff going on. So just like this song, you pointed out the pipe organ. That's like absolutely cuts right through the beginning. The drums, awesome. There's that whole drum break right at the beginning before it switches over to that groove. That that bassline groove just kicks my ass every single time. It's just such a well put together song. Like you said, the samples are great. Making full advantage of uh, everything the Super Nintendo had to offer at the time. I, it's just. It's just such a standout track, and like I think I think it was brilliant to kind of lead the show off with this one. But you know, just a standout track all around. It really, really is. It's uh, Castlevania music doesn't get a lot better than this, and that's really saying something because Castlevania music is pretty incredible all around. Yeah. Oh yeah. You always get some really great compositions, especially 
you know, as the capabilities got better and better and the, the games progressed, you know, you move on to the, you know, the polygon versions and so on and so forth. The music just gets, you know, more lush, more vibrant, more full, moody, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, given the constraints of the cartridge and what they were using, like such friggin' fantastic music. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't sound like video game music, really, if you if you think about it, it's uh, if you didn't know this was a video game song, you just thought it was some Halloween music. You you might be fooled by it because uh, it's just that darn good. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. So, well, uh, what do you got in store for me? <laughs> well, all right. Well, let's move on to our next track. Uh, this is a game that I am. This was my first pick, and I am less familiar with this game than I should be. I, I did not spend a lot of time with this game when I was a kid. Um, I didn't know anyone who had it, uh, and actually, no, I did know. I knew I knew somebody who had it, but nobody I ever played games with. You know, it was like mm-hmm. something I was always aware of that was that was good, but nothing I ever spent any time with. So, I did eventually get around to getting my own copy and playing it. Just never spent as much time as I wanted to. Like I really enjoyed it, but uh, I never got back to just like really sitting down with it and getting far into the game. And we are, of course, talking about. River City Ransom for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the first thing that caught me on this game that just really, really, the music in the first stage is just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's, well, let's listen to it and then we'll talk about it because I have a lot to say about it. So <laughs> get your get your dancing shoes on because it is impossible to sit still to the main theme from River City Ransom. Uh, actually, real quick, before we jump in, looking over to my notes, I got ahead of myself. Uh, this theme was composed by Kazuo Sawa, who has uh, did a lot of work with uh, Technos, who did River City Ransom. And Double Dragon. Uh, he specifically worked on games like Super Dodgeball, and then for a couple other companies, he did uh, Ultima Six: The False Prophet, the port for Super Nintendo. Uh, with Broderbund, he did Battle of Olympus, a handful of other things. This guy's uh, super talented, um, but this might be my favorite th- song that he has written. So uh, here we go. Main theme from River City Ransom. Enjoy.
right there you have the main theme from River City Ransom. Ah, it's so good. It really is. It's so good. I I love it when composers tried to make rock music on the NES back in the day. Like specifically I think of this song and most of the music from Snake Rattle and Roll from David Wise. Mm. It sounds so cool when it's just you can so imagine all of this being played on a guitar. Like especially that solo that comes out of freaking nowhere because so you've got NES music that you know it's usually not super long. And you've got this great loop that's going on with this game, and it's fine, and it seems to repeat itself, and you're good. And after it repeats itself the second time, it then, instead of that's that you've only listened to half the song, because then it goes into that crazy solo that's just all over the place. It sounds so, so, so good. And something <laughs> I never even noticed until just listening to it right now is the way that they simulate... Uh, this, is, this is genius, and I never even noticed it before, but they simulate toms by just changing the uh the tone of the snare hit that little noise channel that they do mm-hmm. they they, they kind of lower the tone on it and it sounds like they're going down in toms like you just fill that in with your head because you know you know that's what it's supposed to sound like you don't even hear that you just hear toms and at least that's at least this is how it connects with me what a, what a genius move <laughs> man this song is good man this song is good <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if the composition was made just looking at the um, cover art, because the cover art, mm-hmm. if you're familiar with River City Ransoms, like two dudes who essentially look like greasers, you know, out of um, West Side Story or you know the Outsiders mm-hmm. or whatever. And this is very like the track is very like doo wop inspired, which then leads to its grandson, which is Rockabilly. So the song itself is a very rockabilly track. You know, you definitely you listen to the drums up as a swing. Uh, you know, once it gets into it, the bass starts to do the the walking bass lines from doo-wop and eventually rockabilly. Like you said, the, the solo in there, it just it just like is drenched and screams rockabilly. It's such a swinging track. It's such a good track. And I'm not going to lie. It really makes me think of like, uh, you know, gang fights in the 50s or something. <laughs> It does. It's got that. That it definitely has that very specific charm. It is like almost a very. It's a very American sounding song. Yes. Which is so. It's so fun because this game is so not American. No. Like it's not even close. It's you go in like to to ramen shops to get power ups <laughs> and whatnot. Is so. I vaguely so remember not there American. being sushi involved at some point. Exactly. Like there's it's, it's there's no even pretending this American, but it's no. such a an American setting. It's so it's so fascinating. Yeah. This track is just so damn fun. It's so much fun. Um and it's it's one of the most memorable for, uh, first level tracks. It's just when, when I was I was coming up with ideas for this, it's like I I got to use this song. Just I have to. <laughs> it's it's just so much fun. I will say that River City Ransom was on my list as well and um I tend to be very lazy, so I, I wait almost to the last minute to put my picks in. And I saw that you put River City Ransom. I said, all right, cool. I, I don't feel so bad about it not making my list because you put it in. And I said, all right, great. It's, you know, it's going to be up there. Because, yeah, it's such a damn good track. Like you said, it's such a great uh, first stage track. And, like, it's something that really sticks with you. It does. It's very catchy. It's it's that 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 main riff that that's that sticks with you. That is a very very catchy little thing there. It's little uh, boogie, it's classic. Boogie bugle boy of Company B right there. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. I mean you know absolute classic. They they knew what they they 
they did the inspiration justice, you know. So they certainly did. Uh, All right, Matt, what we got next? Yeah, well, okay. Again, if you're following along at home, <laughs> we're never gonna get to do an entire episode of this because we will have done it all. It's it's so true, and maybe maybe I should stop this. All right, you know what? This is gonna be my last track from this game. If you're following along at home, you know how much I love this game. <laughs> We're laughing because even when we're off uh, recording, we talk about this kind of stuff. But the opening level track, level one, one, Act Razor. Super Nintendo, uh, Yujo Koshiro. I, I can never say enough good stuff about this game. And, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll do a little bit of research, not that I need to, because, you know, how many times I've brought up Act Razor in the past. And I find other people just love the game as much as I do. So it makes me feel good and less of a kind of weirdo. Because I sometimes think, like, I love this game. And people are like, what the hell is that? But Act Razor, I, again, I'll say it one more time. I absolutely love this game. This is another song that really, like, sets you up for the game. It, it fits the level. It's not one of these songs that, like, uh, you know, sometimes you get this music that... Um, you play the game, you play the level, it's a winter level, and the music's not wintry, or you're you're in a lava, you're in a cave, you're in a you know, a volcano or whatever, and it doesn't sound right. This song to me really embodies the level that you're playing. You're in a forest, you have a sword and you you got like a Thor helmet on, like, yup, let's do this. Let's this is it. This is absolutely it. So the track's called Fillmore. That's from Act Razor, which was on the Super Nintendo. Uh, level 1 1, man. Enjoy.
Man, do I love that song. That I is, do not blame you. That is right up there with the theme of Simon Belmont in a lot of ways. I was just going to say, that could very easily be mistaken for a Castlevania song. Absolutely. If and the I, instrumentation wasn't so very specifically Enix, I would say <laughs> that there's you could very easily mistake that for a Castlevania tune. Oh, absolutely. Um, it, it draws a lot of parallels, actually, to the theme of Simon Belmont, where... You get this kind of overture for the first maybe four, eight, twelve bars, measures, if you will. And then there's kind of that drum, and then it just rips into it and it goes. And then it and then it just it goes to so many great places. There's that moment where the drums drop out and it's just the kick and in the the organs and it feels like I don't know, like I'm 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 talking and I'm fist bumping. <laughs> I wish I wish everybody could see me. No, actually, I'm really happy you can't. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I it's impossible for me to hear that song without hearing some of the sound effects from the game. Um, there's one very particular sound effect. Every time your character swings his sword, it makes a oh, oh, oh sound. So there's a part of me that almost feels robbed that it's not there. But, I mean, the song's so majestic. Like, it, it, it exists so well on its own. Again, as somebody who's never actually played Actraiser before, this um, <laughs> this this is the first track that you've played for me that has really, really made me want to go play this game, and has at least given me a bit more of a um, because the other tracks that you've played for me have been extraordinary pieces of music, mm-hmm. but they don't they didn't really invigorate me. Uh, you sure. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I and mean, well, this... one one of them was a store song, so I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. Although, although I won't lie. Based solely on the music, the store theme from uh, Wonder Boy, The Dragon's Curse, uh, that got me to play The Dragon's Curse. Because I thought this music... Dragon's Trap. Excuse me, Dragon's Trap. You're right. Uh, I thought this music so funky, the game itself has to be just as like funky, and it was. But anyway, yeah. Uh, this, is, uh, this, is, this is nuts. One of the things I like about this is that it seems to be written... Like you can tell that this was written by, and I, I don't remember for sure. Yuzo Kashira, he he worked on stuff for um, NES as well, right? There are older games that he worked on. Um, you know, I'd I'd have to bring up his page again, and I can do that while you talk. It sounds to me like somebody who has written video game music before, because you can tell that, you know, some of the super the more staccato notes that are coming towards that really. I guess complex part towards the the end of the loop, mm-hmm. like you can tell that they're just a. It's just this mishmash of notes that the instrument that they're um, assigned to can barely keep up with them because the instrument that they're assigned to has this you know split second kind of wind up to actually make the noise. So it it barely it it barely escapes sounding garbled, but instead of it, it it's so mathematically perfect that it doesn't sound garbled. It sounds phenomenal. Uh, and it's it, this. This shows a mastery of composition and a real understanding of what uh, the instruments he was using were. Uh, it's, it's this is just an extraordinarily awesome track. To uh, answer your question really quickly, the only it appears the only NES game he has to his credit is Legacy of the Wizard from uh, 1987. No way. Uh, yes way. <laughs> oh man, I... that almost made my list. Uh, Legacy of the Wizard almost made my list for this one. That's on my short list of games to do on this show. That game well, has a killer soundtrack. All right. Well, oh, there's going to be an episode of Legacy of the Wizard because my man did the 
freaking soundtrack to one of my most favorite games of all time. So here we are. Wow. All right. That, that's <laughs> that is really cool to hear. And and now that I know that, I'm gonna start. Li- I'm gonna listen to this track again later and try to try to piece together that style because that makes. That makes it that makes a teensy bit of sense. Legacy of the Wizard is awesome. Um, <laughs> all right, cool. Um, I'm I'm pumped. Wow, the only only NES game he did was Legacy of the Wizard because that that's another one that really shows just real mastery of what the NES could do. That's that's got like volume changes and, and really really cool stuff in it. Um, wow. All right, Yuzo Koshiro, uh, you're, you're rising to the top of my list. Thank you very much for sharing this track, Matt. Of course, my pleasure. All right, next one is another one of my picks, and uh, this one, this is a fun story. I have never played this game before in my life. (laughs) Never played this game before in my life. I know this track because um, uh, Banjo Guy Ali, Mm -hmm. YouTube YouTube channel, it does banjo covers of uh, video game tunes, and... uh, I would listen to every single one that he did, whether I knew the games or not. Now he is—he's from Ireland, and I believe he—he uh, he lives in Ireland, and I think he's originally from France or whatever. He's—he's he's definitely European, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I forget his—I even—I interviewed him on Stone Age Gamer. He's a super, super awesome guy. He's—he's he's wonderful, and his YouTube channel is amazing. Uh, but since he grew up in Europe, um, you know, he doesn't have the same affinity for NES music as we do. Because mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, he loves NES music, but. Um, the NES wasn't as big over there right? at all, like not even close. Um, the Master System, however, was very big. Ollie is why I know Wonder Boy the Dragon's Trap. He introduced me to that game through um, his his cover songs, and uh, I still haven't gone back to play Psycho Fox, but he did a cover of this song, which was the stage one theme called Mystical Mountains from Psycho Fox for Sega Master System. And uh, I fell in love with this track immediately. The fun thing about it was as much as I enjoyed it, I enjoyed it even more because I was listening to it in the house. And the way he starts the YouTube video for this is by playing the uh, little jingle that plays uh, when you hit start on the Master System, like the original version. Oh, wow. And my wife grew up with a Master System. And she says, I know this. What is this? I said, I don't know. It's a game called Psycho Fox. I've never played before. She's like, I had this game when I was a kid. <laughs> so holy crap. So uh, that just kind of made made me a little bit more excited. Uh, I've watched some YouTube videos of it. The game looks nuts. Uh, with the name like Psycho Fox, how could it not? Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. But um, as with most most Master System music, it is it is very chirpy. Um, uh, the, you know, this, the, the, the system wasn't really super sonically, uh, capable unless you <laughs> counted the FG, uh, the, the FM channel, which this is most definitely not, uh, <laughs> the soundtrack to Psycho Fox is credited to two different people. Um, Hiroto, Hiroto Kano, who did uh, music from power mission, twin Cobra, uh, troubleshooter, etc. And uh, Fumito Tamayama, who is credited as doing only one song for this game, but I don't know which one it was, so it very well could have been this game. I love his music credits, though, because we got Decap Attack, which is a, um, a spiritual successor to this game. Uh, Space Invaders Virtual Collection for Virtual Boy and the Game Boy port of Samurai Showdown. <laughs> that, is a, that is a heck of an interesting uh, set of credits you've got there, pal. Most um, definitely. But this is a really, really catchy tune. This is just a this is a wonderful, wonderful stage one theme. Um, and as proven by Ollie's cover of it, it transposes to uh, no matter what instruments you play it on. It's it's unavoidably good music. So let's uh, let's dive right into our fourth track of the evening, "Mystical Mountains" from Psycho Fox. Enjoy. 
<laughs> this just puts a smile on my face every time I hear it. I'm actually really upset that ends it. I like that ending. Do, 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 do. I wanted more of that. I love the way it loops, how it goes into that really, really minor stuff, and then just the way it loops back into itself, back into the major stuff is so good. It's a, it's such a, it's a relatively simple song, but what's what I find most impressive about it is the uh, the harmonies involved in the main melody of it. Mm-hmm. It adds like you could just hum this main melody and it would have been fine, but the the complexity that it adds with the harmonies that really draws out. Um, the the i guess the call and answer nature of the uh the the baseline loop is is so cool it's really 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 cool the way that the harmonies work in this like i'm i'm impressed every single time i hear it and seriously you really have to listen to Ollie's cover it's 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 extraordinary oh, really i definitely want to i've been meaning to sit down and really kind of t- tear through his uh channel i heartily recommend it he loves castlevania as much as you do in fact he just did a a a playthrough of castlevania where he set his music to the entire game which is super cool uh anyway (laughs) it's awesome it's it's nuts you got to check it out but um yes so again i've never played this game so i don't have the the uh, yeah i don't have a real sense of connection to it and um it's uh geez how do i even describe it it's like this fills me with a nostalgia that I, I never had because like I have a nostalgia for the master system because other people around me had it same and um, so the sounds of the master system uh, have a very nostalgic uh, uh, touch to me and unlike the NES like you can usually tell like though this is this is coming out of an NES but there's there's a lot of diversity to what people were able to do with the NES master system music is very obviously master system you know it's it it was there was only so much that you could do with that darn thing and it typically sounds relatively chirpy like this but you know the whole time i played through wonder boy uh i had the similar thing where it just it was this this sense of nostalgia just because of the way it looked and sounded and i i feel like this is this this is a similar experience i've been i wanted to try the reason i haven't played this yet is because i've been trying to track down a cartridge for it at like trade shows and whatnot and i haven't come come up with one i have it on emulator on my raspberry pi just i really wanted to experience it for the first time on uh, a master system itself uh not through emulation but it seems to be a a pretty tough one to find because it does have a cult following but I, I really want to try this game, and really the entire soundtrack is is quite good. I uh, the only one that Ollie covered was this Mystical Mountain song, but I went back and downloaded the whole darn soundtrack, and it's really really good, beginning to end. Uh, it's really just excellent excellent compositions, which much like Wonder Boy, it just transcends the medium. You know, you've got the the Master System is a very abrasive sound, <laughs> and you've you've got to have really good uh composition or the music is just going to hurt your ears and fortunately this does not this is just wonderful music and sounds great uh yeah i mean you basically touched on what i was going to say about this um uh, like almost parallel i grew up with a friend who had the master system and um when i got the genesis i eventually got the master system converter but uh he had given me his games this wasn't one of them um so i'm not familiar with this game at all like I, I can't even conjure an image up. Actually, I, I can scour the web. I'm sure, but, um, what? Yeah, one of the big things that I fear when doing these shows is, you know, I want to go back. I want to go back as far as I can and kind of think, you know, pick things from my childhood and so on and so forth. Um, my fear is that some of the stuff is too chirpy. I'm not a big fan of the chirpy stuff because, uh, I hate to say this on a podcast where we talk about video game music, but sometimes things sound too video game esque. Um, 
But with this track, Mystical Mountains, uh, it definitely it has its video game chirp, you know, obviously, because that's what they were working with. But it, at no point in there did I kind of go like, all right, I'm, I'm tired of this already. Because some of that music gets grating. Like you said, the noise, the, the sound can be grating. And, and I get tired easily of something that's just like, ugh. But this was a really good tune. And like I said, when we came out of it, like that ending part was great. That little descending bit. And yeah, it, it cycles nicely. And, and it's almost, um, I, I hate to use the term background noise, but it's almost background noise in the respect that you're not thinking about it. I'm not sitting here, like I said, going, ugh, I'm so tired of this or whatever. It's mm-hmm. whatever it, you're playing, it's, it's, it accompanies it well. It's 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 a well done track, and I'm 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 actually kind of uh, interested in hearing the uh, the rest of the soundtrack. If you're saying it's good, I I mean I trust your judgment, so I think I have to check that out. Yeah, it's 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 really quite cool, which is one of the definitely a mitigating factor in me wanting to play more of this game uh, uh, quite a bit. So let's move on to our next track. Matt, hook us up. <laughs> this is a this is a change. This is a pivot right here. <clears throat> So, uh, back when the PlayStation first came out, uh, you know, it launched with a handful of titles. One of the big ones was um, Twisted Metal. Uh, but one of the titles that really stuck out for me, apart from Twisted Metal, because it really hadn't been anything like it before, was this game called Loaded. And if you're not familiar, Loaded is like a top-down, almost Smash TV-esque, you know, shoot 'em up um, You know, it has plenty of predecessors. uh like Gunsmoke for Nintendo and stuff like that. Um, Good pull. Gunsmoke's awesome. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> um, so yeah, this top-down shooter. And the premise of the game is you are uh, you were a prisoner inside a prison and you bust out and you literally shoot your way to freedom. And it's like just like Smash TV where it's blood and guts and it's ultra-violent. Um, but using the, you know, graphics capabilities of the PlayStation. And so what what drew me to the game and uh, the song we're going to play is not from these guys, but there's a, there was a band called Pop Elite itself, which I mentioned uh, at some point in one of the previous episodes, which was fronted by a guy by the name of Clint Mansell. Clint Mansell has done quite a few uh, soundtracks and scores for Darren Aronofsky films, The Fountain and uh, Requiem for a Dream and things like that. But Clint Mansell fronted this band, this English uh, electro band called Pop Elite itself, and they used two or three tracks from Pop Elite itself's release, Dos Digos Mi Amigos. Uh, and at the time, I was a huge fan, and so when I saw the cover, I had to play this game because it said including tracks from Pop Elite itself. Now, back then, we didn't have the internet where you could, you know, go and just get these CDs or whatever. It took me a while of scouring like tower records to find this English CD of this English pop band. So this was really the only way I could hear this <laughs> band at the time. Now, in addition to these pop elite itself tracks, uh, Neil Biggins, who did the soundtrack for loaded and eventually reloaded, um, it's sequel, uh, added these tracks that complemented a lot of what pop elite itself was doing this electro synth pop, uh, almost industrial. Cause it had, some guitars and stuff, very dark lyrics and imagery and stuff. But he made he made this soundtrack that paralleled and and accompanied, you know, this ultra violent game of breaking out of a prison. And it's just 
it's such a good track and yet yeah, it's an absolute pivot we said at the top of the episode it's a it's an eclectic episode it absolutely is and this is like probably my first way out pick and you know for the rest of the year i hope to throw in way out picks and just shake things up for people so uh without further ado the track's called prison break it's from playstation's loaded by neil biggin <laughs> Stations loaded. Uh, talk to me, Chris. You probably never even played this game, huh? 
Uh, you're right. Yeah, I have. Uh, I have never played this game um, or its sequel. I just uh, this game came out at a time when I wasn't. I didn't have a PlayStation yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't get my PlayStation until Symphony of the Night came out. Mm. Uh, so I wasn't really all that interested in it, to be honest with you. Uh, I thought it looked neat at the time, um, <laughs> but there's this era of gaming on the you know PlayStation, Saturn, and N sixty four is is I, I've gone on record many times saying it is my least favorite era of gaming. Uh, everything was just so damn ugly. But that being said. Um, the cool thing about this era was that this was the era when video game music stopped sounding like video game music. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I can't believe games can sound like this. You know oh, what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, when games were coming out on CDs and, you know, I got my first PC and I first heard music to like monkey Island and just, wow, just, I can't believe games can sound like this. So, uh, when you, you selected this track, uh, and I downloaded it and gave it a listen. I was like, yeah, this, it, it, the, the instruments in this, like, this is such a product of its era. Like, this this could not, th- there's no way this song could have been written and sounded like this in any other era than right then. <laughs> like, it just, the, the instrumentation of it, all the choices, the way the drum beat works is just such a product of its time. And I don't, I don't mean that to disparage it in, in any way, shape, or form. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Um, I was actually just watching a YouTube video of it while we were listening to the song and uh the frame rate is is god awful like uh, yeah, you know, as is the loading times like PlayStation 1 yeah. but the game looks pretty darn cool it it, it looks a lot of, like a lot of fun you know i i'll agree with you um about its its place in time and space it's it it, it fits that time frame where uh, groups like the crystal method and the chemical brothers you know the the exactly. It reminds me of that song on the the Matrix soundtrack. Like it's oh yeah, <laughs> this, absolutely this fits right in that um, area. I can't think of its name now, uh, but yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It it, it comes you know, when they're walking in the Matrix, and when Morpheus is like training him, and he says, "The man with the the, the woman with the red dress." Or were you looking at him or yeah, whatever. Right. It's like, the music that's playing there. <laughs> that's the song. <laughs> there, there's definitely it's a it's the watermark. It's it's the watermark for that time and that place because those bands, <laughs> those groups were big, and that's what was popular was this kind of chill dance music, this kind of like you know, down-tempo kind of dance music clubs and the glow sticks and stuff. Um, you know, I like I said, at Papa, Papa Lead itself would is the draw for me to this soundtrack originally. But then the rest of the stuff on the soundtrack I think is very good. You know, it's a, it's a galactic shoot-em-up, down-top, down-shoot-em-up, you know? Uh, so, I mean, like... I, I personally like we me and my buddy beat the game as a two player we be we we spent a weekend and we we beat the game and uh but that was unfortunately it I was like okay cool and then you know went on the shelf and it collected dust and we never really you know pulled it out to play it again but you know I had a lot of colorful characters six playable colorful characters and you know I'm a big fan of smash TV but smash TV you know some other games that replicate are, are cool but Smash TV has that appeal. Well, yeah, the other thing about Smash TV and Robotron in particular is like those are, are even something like um, uh, Geometry Wars is like those are, you know, you're in a room and you move in one direction and shoot in another kind of thing. You're twin stick shooters. And this one looks more like the, the top down levels from Super Contra. You know what I mean? 
Yes. You know, whereas you mentioned um, Gunsmoke, for example, that's a game that's an auto-scrolling. That's basically a, a, a spaceship flight shooter, except you're a dude instead of a spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it moves on its own. But this one is it's you know it's, it's like playing Legend of Zelda with guns instead of a sword. You know, it's like you're in complete control of your character. You scroll the screen, that kind of stuff. It, right. it, it does look really neat, and it was really fun it, watching the 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 gameplay video of it because you can tell that it was before analog sticks. Like this, this character is moving in eight directions and eight directions only. Um, you know, very clear diagonals and and you know up, down, left, and right. It's like, it's really cool. To, it's really cool to see this through the lens of, you know, where we are now uh, as opposed to of its time. Um, and they really don't make a lot of games like this. Uh, in, in fact, there I, I can think of only a handful of games that came out that are quite like this uh, even even since. Mm-hmm. And um, so it is a relatively unique experience i wouldn't mind going back and trying this sometime just for just for poops and giggles i wonder if it was ever remastered by anyone um i i don't think so because i may have checked it out uh just for nostalgia poops and giggles but what i was gonna say is i have a problem with going back on some of the games because i hate to sound snobby but i know i'm snobby like i'm spoiled by all the stuff i play now like all the the current generation stuff i i'm well aware i'm very well aware so it, well, I mean, yeah, this this era of gaming did not age well. But yes. that said, this music certainly did. Thankfully, the music did because, <laughs> you know, we wouldn't have a podcast if uh, if it didn't. <laughs> but that's true. I mean, like that's the th- that's the thing about uh, a lot of PlayStation music and stuff from this era did not age extraordinarily well no. because uh, let's say specifically N sixty four because at least PlayStation had the CD you know CD fidelity going on. N sixty four has some very very ugly graphics and ugly music yeah. but um this stuff like this is just so emblematic of the time because it's um you know i feel like they don't really write music like this anymore um because you, you got a lot of people writing and you know especially when we listen to our next track of a, of a modern game that sounds like an old game you've got a lot of people writing music in the style of traditional video games and then you have a lot of people writing music in the style of like movies which is kind of the other direction that things went you you get things that sound more like the game is being scored then mm-hmm. hear some cool music to listen to while you're playing this is like this kind of in-between segment because it was like it's not written like a traditional video game song but it's also not no. written like uh, like a movie score per se uh you know right. like we were just talking about it sounds like a song from the matrix but it doesn't sound like a movie score it's like this is definitely background music to this level of a video game right uh, above all else yeah absolutely um, that's absolutely it it's it's such a unique period in time, and uh, hmm. it's fun to get some uh, you know some like old school PlayStation love that I I genuinely enjoy. That's not like a remake or a Castlevania game. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I th- this was a, this was a very cool thing to listen to. So again, I appreciate you bringing this up. I'll I'll do my I'll do my best to bring some of that stuff around. I'll see. I'll 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 wake the uh, the part of my brain that used to veg out on this stuff. Awesome. All right, next up we have, oh boy, this is a great one. Mm-hmm. So this is the one that I, I chose to start off the episode with because this is this is just went down to the annals of history of one of the coolest freaking level one themes. This is Strike the Earth from Shovel Knight. Um, this is written by Jake Kaufman, uh, who is, uh, he's, he's actually gone back quite a ways, but uh, he's probably most prolific for working on stuff with WayForward, um, for example, the Shantae series, uh, the exquisite Contra 4 for, Game Boy, uh, for, for Nintendo DS, what an extraordinary game, uh, and the 
Herculean task of remastering the music to DuckTales for NES. And I think he did just as good a job as anyone could have possibly done. Uh, Jake Kaufman is, is really, really extraordinary. And so Shuffle Knight is kind of a love letter to a lot of the uh, 8-bit action platformers. Uh, it's got a lot of Zelda 2. It's got a lot of Mega Man. It's got a lot of DuckTales. Um, uh, just, just all those influences. And the soundtrack... Uh, reflects that. In fact, they even had a composer from Mega Man 2 to uh, come work on on the game. But uh, as far as I know, Strike the Earth was uh, written by Jake Kaufman, and he did a, a masterful job of it. So uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, here is the wonderful Strike the Earth from Shovel Knight. Enjoy. <laughs>
there, there is nothing quite like modern NES music. <laughs> yeah, there, there is something really great about it, like taking the parameters and the, the constraints and kind of busting that And just apart. throwing them right out the window yeah. and just adding crazy-ass layers. And just being <laughs> able to do all that, yeah, right? That's, that's a really good track. Uh, if I wasn't... Uh, listening to the show or reading the show notes or whatever like i would honestly think that that came off of something from like a super nintendo maybe just in the the vein and the style of um composition it's really well well done yeah um what, what is just extraordinarily cool about this this track is that it does sound so much like it's it, it, much like the game itself it sounds like uh, something that could come out of an NES, and I've actually, I've, I, I think if you go to his page, you can download a version of the soundtrack that will play out of an NES. Like they 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 wrote versions of this that will just function on an NES. But the the music itself, when played with the game, it sounds like NES music, but souped up because there's there's a bit more going on there than an NES could typically do. Like there's just more channels playing. And uh, the graphics of Shovel Knight are like souped up NES graphics. It doesn't hold to those limitations. Like there's, you know, there's no flickering and stuff like that. There's, you know, giant characters that animate better than an NES could. Uh, you know, things move around, to different special effects and whatnot. And um, it's such a cool thing to see because uh, NES games themselves were obviously, you know, at the time they were they were what they were because of the limitations. But now it's you know looking at them there's a certain art to it um that's that's still appealing you can you can look at nes games and say no that's not ugly that just looks neat uh the, the, this kind of pixel art it's got its own specific character whereas you know we were just talking about playstation one games and a lot of that era you know you look at early polygonal stuff and it's just like no that's just flat out ugly <laughs> <laughs> there's there's not a lot of artistic joy to be found in looking at like man go back and play the Go, and, and one of the things, I love it when games embrace that. Like the original Metal Gear Solid, for example, does such a good job of embracing the ridiculousness of that. But man, go back and play Metal Gear Solid on a PlayStation 1 and just look at Snake's face and be like, Ugh. Ugh. Or like the DARPA chief and he's got these block hands trying to move his arms around. It's just so ridiculous. Games were so ugly back then. But um, uh, this, man, this music is just so, so invigorating. It's... And, and, and literally invigorating like this song works for what it wants you to do, because uh, we just had a whole buttload of snow in this area. Uh, I'm, I'm in I'm in South Jersey and we just had a, a ton of snow dropped on us. And I was out digging out a parking spot for my uh, my mom to park in. She watches my kids while uh, I'm at work. And uh, when I was out there digging this parking spot, this song came on. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna shovel some snow. <laughs> <laughs> this song works for shoveling. I can I can officially say this song works for shoveling. Um, it's, 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 it's classic. It fits right in there with the, with, with classic, uh, NES music. It's got such a great energy to it. It's, it's just wonderful. Oh, I, I agree a hundred percent. It's very energetic. Um, I've only seen a, a bit of playthrough for Shovel Knight, so I'm not too, too familiar with the game, but, uh, I, I agree with the art, with what you're saying about the artwork, both past and present. Um, yeah, pixel art's great. I mean, there's a there's a handful of artists that have made a name for themselves doing modern day pixel art, pixel art. Uh, but this track, fantastic. It's it's very upbeat. I was I was in my head like jogging, and and funny enough, I put the uh, the scene of Little Mac, you know, training from Punch Out, and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I could totally like listen to this track and 
you know, do some exercising and jogging and lifting weights or shoveling snow or whatever, man. It's it's definitely a very good upbeat track. Yeah, this is on my jogging list currently for when I when I go out running. Very nice. It makes it makes me want to die less when I'm running. <laughs> oh, dude, do I know the feeling? I hate exercise. <laughs> you and me both, man. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, it's just a, this could there's go, only so much. Yeah, yeah, this could go on forever. Yeah, so yeah. in the interest of uh, of keeping things, let's say tight, but it's not going to be. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's move on to our next track. This is a game I, I've never heard of, Matt. Um, what do you got for us? Um, so I have an affinity for puzzle games like Tetris and Bejeweled and things like that. And uh, especially Puzzle Quests. I like all the Puzzle Quests with all their different skins. It's a lot of fun. But I, I discovered this game very haphazardly. I don't even really know how I discovered it, per se. Um, I was probably just in the Xbox 360 store, and I saw it, and I was like, well, what's that? And I watched like a, a you know preview of it somewhere, and I was like, that's pretty cool. So I checked it out. The game's title is Droplets. It's with a Z because it's so edgy. Um, and basically, it's just a game that uh, a bunch of circles with grooves cut out of them to create uh, pathways uh, exist. And you can rotate them uh, so that you can create these pathways for the droplets uh, uh, uh. to get all the way to the bottom and you make points on them. Um, but what... While the game is fun and addicting, especially in a very, like, uh, you know, I've been playing for how long? Um, What makes it even more uh, entrancing and addicting is the soundtrack. The soundtrack for this game is, like, I I mentioned Down Tempo uh, when talking about the, the loaded track, Prison Break. But this soundtrack is very down tempo. There's elements of, like cool jazz and smooth jazz and stuff like that and it's very um meditation inducing i've i've caught myself zoning out while playing it and like not even almost not even realizing i'm playing a game the graphics of the game are very you know there's nothing flashy about it uh they're the graphics are very clean you know it has a an infinite mode where as you progress the backgrounds change so so does the music and as the music changes yeah oh it's just it's just fantastic and um so it's well done puzzle game fair yeah absolutely it's very well done actually i'm i'm surprised that it you know it got the ratings it did and and really not much acclaim but you know whatever maybe i'm just biased Uh, probably Um, because there are just so darn many of them you know yeah yeah i guess you're right It, it i guess it's uh I guess it got lost in the shuffle, I suppose. But I mean, this was Xbox 360, right? Yes, and it even got a um, an Android port, the Android port, I believe. But it never came to iPhone. But whatever. Um, hmm. Anyway, the track is called Disco Dials. We looked and looked, and we couldn't find any credits. Um, so, sorry. I have some credits. Do you? I have no idea who wrote the song, but I have a list of people who were involved in the soundtrack, uh, oh. if that helps. I didn't do any research on them. Uh, the The list is relatively long, so one or all of these people wrote this song. So <laughs> let's do the list. We've got Matt Black. We've got Todd Baker. We've got Simon Barford, Richard Blackley, Edward Hargrave, and Peter Ward. 
Any one of any one or combination of these people wrote this song. I have no idea what else any of them did. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's hope all of them or none of them. I don't know. Anyway, the track's called Disco Dials. It's the first level you play when playing a game called Droplets for the Xbox 360. Enjoy. Yeah, man. Disco dials from Xbox 360 arcades uh, droplets. I mean, I do not get disco from this at all. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's a very um, I guess it's a misnomer. Dials is correct because that's actually a better and a more accurate portrayal of what you are using to create these uh, channels for the little droplets to get from the top to the bottom. They basically mm. little disc dials and you spin them and you create your roots and, you know, there's multipliers and combinations you get little power-ups and so on and so forth but um you know hearing that i haven't played this game in a long time uh and hearing that track really brought me back to playing that game and i'm actually kind of getting that weird itch i get when i want to play something and i know i'm going to play it for like a month straight like nothing else so (laughs) i i I think i'm gonna have to turn on fire up my uh, xbox 360 again because it it never made it to uh xbox one so that's a shame um yeah, I mean it's it's a fairly straightforward game and a, stra- a fairly straightforward song, I think. You know what's what's neat about this is that it's deceptively catchy. Um, yes. When I first found this uh, found this track when we were you know getting all our music together was I wasn't really all that impressed by it. It was just kind of <laughs> like there. Yep. And then maybe the next day I found myself humming it to myself like it was just stuck in my head like it just stuck <laughs> in there and it's really really. What what I was getting to earlier was when I asked if it was on Xbox 360 because I know there's a, there was a bunch of games that were very popular that were like this and not mm-hmm. even a bunch of games like it it was a like Hexite I think was not Hexite um yeah Hexic man I can't remember the, Hexic you know Hexic or Hexite there's a Game Boy game that's one of them and the other ones on Xbox 360 whichever one it is where you're <laughs> rotating the hexagon things there's Bejeweled yep and those games were extraordinarily popular yep. at this time mm-hmm. especially on the Xbox Live Marketplace so clearly this game was jumping in on the, on that kind of popularity and um, I love love puzzle games I really really Absolutely. do and I'm sad that I missed this one because it sounds like something that I would have enjoyed but this music is is like I said it's it's perfect puzzle game fair it's exactly right for this kind of thing mm-hmm. um 
because like we were just talking earlier, we the loop that we have of this is is huge. This track that we oh, have yeah. is like six and a half minutes long, <laughs> and but we were just trying to figure out exactly where the uh, the split is because the music itself loops so seamlessly that it's kind of hard to tell mm -hmm. where it begins and ends. Yeah. And that's really what you want with this kind of puzzle game. You know, this isn't a well style puzzle game like Tetris where it's the, 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 the timer is so harsh on you. It's just, it's a little bit more plotting of a pace. Mm -hmm. This music is, is perfectly suited for that. It's, it's really just an exceptional track. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it exactly what you said. It's puzzle fair. It, it, it sits itself up in the background because, you know, you want to concentrate. I think it's great concentration music, too. If I were, you know, back in school, I probably would put this soundtrack on. I wouldn't even be surprised if I threw it on while I was reading or something. I wouldn't even notice it. Um, it's also extremely cool. Like, there's, yes. there's just there's an undeniable coolness factor to it. It's just great. Yeah, it's a, there's a, I hate to say it because uh, I really do like jazz as a form of music. But it's like real smooth jazz. It's like chill, man. We're gonna we're just gonna chill and vibe out, man. <laughs> but I mean that's that's what it's it like is. techno jazz. <laughs> yeah. They like down tempo, um, you know, ambient stuff. That's it. Mm -hmm. You know, if you get a chance, if you can if you can find a way to play it, I uh not just you, Chris, but uh, everybody else, if you get a chance to play this, I definitely don't pass it up. Give it a give it a couple of plays. I, I have a feeling that it might sneak in on a list somewhere in top 10, 20, maybe. But, you know. Well, thanks. Yeah. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. All right. So uh, this next game on the list is another one of my picks. And as much as uh, as much as much Matt loves Actraiser, <laughs> I love me some David Wise. But this one <laughs> is a pretty different kind of David Wise track because this is from a game that just released last year. So this is um, – And have you played this game at all, Matt? Um, no, I haven't. Okay, cool. Uh, so the game that we're talking about is Snake Pass. Uh, this came out on all no, no, all current generation uh, uh, platforms and level one's theme, Baldur's Realm. Uh, and this is a game about a snake named Noodle and his hummingbird <laughs> friend Doodle. It is. A, <laughs> it looks like it's made by Rare, but it's not. Um, it is a really really fun physics based, uh, sl you know, relatively slow paced game. I really, really liked this game. I was very happy when it came out. Um, and what's great about the soundtrack is it's not a very long game, uh, and it's only got four worlds, and it's a David Wise soundtrack, and it is modern David Wise. So it's David Wise unencumbered by any sort of limitations. It's just the world at his fingertips kind of stuff. And this is it's so wonderful to hear this kind of stuff. Like, you know, I, I, I've gushed before about, like, the modern Donkey Kong Country soundtracks. Like, just soundtrack of a tropical, tropical freeze is incredible. Um, and this is, is also incredible and it, it fits the game so well. And as somebody who is, uh, indoctrinating Matt here to, uh, David Wise, <laughs> I'm really excited to, to let you hear what he sounds like on, on modern consoles, um, which is really, really something incredible. Um, I definitely recommend turning up the volume, uh, when listening to this one, because this is another one that is, is deceptively complex. There's, there's really quite a lot going on. Um, it is a longer track. Uh, because, the, like I said before, this game is pretty slow-paced, so the fact that the, the, the track is as long as it is works very much to the game's favor, because um, you don't move very quickly in this game. You are you are a snake slithering around. Um, really, crank up the volume and try to pick out all the details. Listen to the layers in this. Listen to the way it loops, the way it, it, it comes in on itself. Uh, it, it borrows pieces from the middle to, to bridge gaps between different sections of the song. It is It's a 
brilliant, brilliant piece of music. I, I couldn't possibly love it more. So uh, here we go. Baldur's Realm Earthworld from Snake Pass by David Wise. Enjoy.
<sighs> all right, so um, that has to be one of the best pieces of music I heard all of last year. And when we're talking about 2017 being an amazing year for video games, uh, and and there's been it was an amazing year for video game music. That was one of the tracks that has stuck with me the the most. Um, there's just, there's just so much I adore about this song. I, I love the way it's pieced together. I love the the joy of it. It, it matches the visuals. It matches the, the the pace of the game. It is it is just one of the most perfect connections between game and music that it's possibly imaginable. It's it's such an amazing such an amazing piece of music. It's that that main vibe sound the doom 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 the way that that kind of continues throughout the whole thing and then the way that you know the, the the different chunks of the song the whole different sections the way that it, it keeps turning into these different things i think there's just three major uh, things that it does the way that they use that to kind of bring it to, to, to just bridge those two bits back together towards the end there is I, it's one of my favorite areas of music you know what i mean like there's just those few seconds where those two those little vibe sounds come back in for when it just goes loops back around to the uh the major chord stuff um uh, god the, the instrumentation the the little uses of acoustic guitar it's <laughs> the the drums the little, the little boom pas the things that come up in the background that you hear that like the, the kind of trouble tribal boom pas coming out into the background like to, to aid in the drums uh, and this song is is over five minutes long before it even loops once it's 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 incredible it's incredible i love this song so damn much what what did you think of this one? I, it's it's a, I I thought it was a fantastic piece of music, period. As far as music is concerned, that track is a fantastic piece of music, period. Like, forgetting that it's part of a video game, forgetting that it's anything else, it's just a great track on its own, and it sits it can sit well on its own. You know, I could see it maybe being the score of some film or background of some film or television show. Um, yeah, the instrumentation's great. Uh, you know, the way it it moves and it goes places. You you weren't kidding about it being complex. Like, I know for certain I'm going to go back and listen to it at least one or two more times cuz I know that like I'm listening to one piece, I'm listening to a melody or I'm finding something and I know I'm missing something else. Uh so I I have to go, I'm I'm definitely have to go back and and listen to it again. Uh you know, you, you introduced me to David Wise, and I'm going to say that so far he's uh, 10 for 10. I don't even know how many that is. But for, in my book, he's he's he hasn't made a bad piece of music yet. Um, and, and it's just a great track. I, I While we were listening to it, I looked up some screenshots from the game because I don't think I had ever even heard of Snake Pass. And the images, they were stills. I could totally see that music going with the imagery of the game and and you were saying like it's a slow paced game you're a snake moving i get it i even hear it in the music too it's like the perfect slow mm. pace for you know a game that does isn't you know you know senseless killing uh, over the top action you know it's it's perfect well i'm i'm really glad you enjoyed this uh because i i i would have i would have felt really silly if i just gushed about this for 5 minutes and then <laughs> you were just like eh, it was all right uh <laughs> Yeah, no, it's I, I I could I could really go on and on about. I mean, really, the entire soundtrack. Not that it's huge, but the the, the whole soundtrack to, to Snake Pass is really very well suited for, uh, for what it is. But this track in particular just speaks to every, every ounce of my of what I like in video game music. It's, 
it's it's joyous. It's just a, a wonderfully, wonderfully joyous piece. And I, I, I couldn't even I, I couldn't count how many times I've listened to this track uh, ever since I downloaded it earlier this year. I It was one of the reasons I bought this game was I, I liked the art direction. I liked the idea. But as soon as I heard it was a David Wise soundtrack, I was I was immediately sold. And um, I'm really glad that I was because not only did I get a, an awful lot of joy out of playing this game, but this song in particular was was so worth the price of admission. I've I've listened to it, uh, you know, tons and tons of times, and every time I listen to it, I it puts a, a giant smile on my face. It 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 goes through every it hits every single note it's supposed to. It's 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 complex. It's it's gorgeous. It's just wonderful. So. Uh, so that I don't keep us up until midnight gushing about David Wise, Matt, why don't you take us away to uh, to your last track of the evening? My final track of the evening uh, is a game that I will credit Geek Aid for putting me on to. You guys did your uh, Pain in the Assathon, and you <laughs> you guys played uh, you know all the games over the course of the uh, the you know the whole thon. And uh, you you kind of treated yourselves at the end to this game, and I watched and I thought this is a fantastic game. I need to get this myself, and I I, I picked it up. Uh, I played a little with the wife. <laughs> I had no idea we introduced you to this. Yeah, That's I I had no idea what this game was, and I I had spoken to Dean about. It. I was like, Dean, what is this game? What is I need to know this game? What system is it on? Is it is it a Switch only? No, I, I it has to. So found it on Xbox Live and uh, downloaded it. Uh, played with the wife who's not much of a gamer but she she enjoyed it it's got really cute art direction uh, i can say cute because i think it's cute uh overcooked and it is adorable when you're not cursing at it <laughs> <laughs> someone someone wrote somewhere that uh the last 30 seconds of every level will test every single relationship with the person in the room and um <laughs> i agree with that i i agree with that it's yeah it's a f- i buy that it's such a fun little game, but yes, uh, uh, you know, stress-inducing, of course. But level one, <laughs> one, uh, this track, I, I feel is just it, it embodies the game. It's it's perfect. I'm I'm you have it credited for by or oh man, I can't even speak anymore. You have it accredited to Good Kill Music. Um, now is that a group of people or what is that? I don't know. I had a hard <laughs> time figuring this out. See, yeah. when you had suggested this track, one it was hilarious to me because um, I, I a while ago, um, 2016, um, my friend Tony brought his PlayStation 4 over to my house, and um, my wife and I played this on his PS4 uh, uh, very briefly, and we're like, "Oh my god, this we have to have this." My wife used to be a chef oh. uh, in the kitchen, and um, so I, I thought it was perfect for her and it was ridiculous. We had so much fun. And then um, I started tweeting at the company that made it like, you got to release this on Switch. You just have to. And uh, turns out they did. And when it came out, we bought it. We played it for a little bit. But then Karen, my wife, she started getting really stressed out about it because she, she was she's not very she she's not super good at video games. And this game is hard to play. Yes. Like. It's it's controlled via these analog sticks. It's top down, and it's really hard to be precise, which is part of the whole thing. It's, mm-hmm. It is a high stress thing, and it gave her crazy anxiety. We stopped playing it. So, over New Year's, <laughs> um, 
I had my niece over and I thought it would be really fun to have my niece and Karen play this game together because Karen tends to get some anxiety when she plays uh, games with me because like she thinks I'm I'm like sitting over on the other side of the couch being like, God, you suck at this game. Right. Like, yeah. I never do that. I get I'm the same always thing. fascinated to watch her play games. And um, so playing it with my niece, Ashley, who's you know, nine years old, it was like uh, she was the better player immediately. And. So she felt real good about it. And now she is so sucked into this game. Like the reason we started the podcast late tonight was because <laughs> I was upstairs playing Overcooked with Karen. We just had to three star one more level. Um, oh, yeah. th- this game is so much fun. So when you suggested it, it cracked me up. And I was because Karen was just saying a few days before I was listening to video game music in the car, which is what I do. And she was like, you really need to get the Overcooked music on here. I was like, you know what? I really do. So I jumped online to start looking for the Overcooked soundtrack. And I found a Reddit thread where uh, the developers of the game were like, we're not releasing a soundtrack because we didn't write any of this stuff. We sourced all of it from these different places. And they showed a picture of the credits that had all these lists of tracks and the the credits to those tracks underneath them. And... I'm not even 100% certain that the song we're listening to is called Overcooked because there's no, it's just a list of tracks and there, I couldn't find anything that a hundred percent with a hundred percent certainty linked this song to the song that we're listening to. I'm just assuming that's what it is. Um, but this one is linked. It was linked to good kill music and I looked them up. I couldn't find anything on their site that pointed to what specific song they, you know, this song from Overcooked, I, I couldn't link it with with a hundred percent certainty, uh, and I couldn't find any names of who at Good Kill Music wrote this or whatever. It's it's a very strange situation. So it's it's slightly mysterious, but it is uh, like Matt said, a phenomenal piece of music that fits the game perfectly. And I think we should listen to it. Take it away, Chris. Overcooked from Overcooked. <laughs>
that track so much. <laughs> God, me too. Uh, before you you get into it, I just want to uh, say what I found. Um, so it was actually it wasn't a Reddit thread. It was on the Steam uh, the Steam community. And uh, Danny from Team 17 wrote uh, in response to where can we find the soundtrack, he wrote, Hey guys, we won't be selling the soundtrack due to the fact that we've used licensed tracks. Here's the details of the music, and he does a couple of, uh, links to a couple of screenshots to the, the credits in the game. And it just says, Overcooked, created by Good Kill Music. So I looked up Good Kill Music, and you go to their website. It's a, it's a very nice website. It's got a picture of a chicken on it. And um, <laughs> uh, it just says that they the the only link to Overcooked is if you click on the sounds section. It's uh, uh, sorry the um, uh, clients section. You can look at a list of uh, things that they worked on, and one of them is just it's just a picture of the Overcooked logo. Mm. Uh, so it doesn't actually specify which track. Um, I there's a contact thing here. I could have written to them before the show and tried to find out. Uh, but I didn't because I uh, didn't think of it at the time. So uh, we're just going to go ahead and assume. Yeah, I, I think we've done we've done our due diligence. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, it it's a game about cooking. The first character is like a fat French chef. The track gives you a sounds of Paris. Like if there ever were, you know, if you associate music with places, I can associate this song with you know french culture just because i it's been ingrained in me from film and television and things like that i think this track itself does a fantastic job of doing the timed um not puzzle but you know timed thing well because it it's uh we have it at 220 so you know you figure a level is two minutes three minutes and then at some you know the music builds it's on itself and it it almost feels a little more hectic as it moves on you know the that little acoustic guitar starts doing like effects like and you know the the drums stay more frequent uh there's no tempo change but it feels like the pacing has been picked up and it's moving 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 towards something it's it's very it's very french it's it's it it, that that um it's strange to to find out that this music was not written for this game, or maybe it was. Uh, I I don't know. I guess it kind of had to be because it's called Overcooked. But it's just so weird because the music in this game, everything fits so flawlessly. You know, like every every single stage I've been to is like, well, this 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 is this is perfect. Except maybe the the, the weird map screen music. Uh, and I guess this one is also kind of a cheat because this isn't technically the first level. There's the right. opening stage. That's the, the apocalypse because the whole time I'm playing this game, I keep forgetting like, Oh yeah, this game is like about the end of the world. <laughs> that's kind of <laughs> weird. How adorable. But that accordion they got playing uh, th- throughout the whole thing is, is it just, you know, you think of "quote unquote" fine cuisine. It's a, it's always linked to you know French cuisine, is you know, right. tra- traditional French cuisine, and and that's like you know, French chefs, and that's mm-hmm. it's so fitting. It is so so very fitting, um, and it's it fits the pace because it's got that just that slight twinge of goofiness because uh, there's so much clumsiness in this game. It's absolutely ridiculous. You can set everything on fire and and. <laughs> Once you screw up one thing, it's like, when you work together. This is like the most cooperative cooperative game I've ever played. Yeah. It's just it's when you are working together, it's it's great because now Karen and I really have this rhythm going, and we're going back to try to three star all the levels, so we don't have to worry about getting enough stars to open up the new levels as we go on, mm-hmm. and um, just really working out that rhythm. 
and getting everything down and, and getting those three stars, there's the sense of accomplishment when you're done. It's just fantastic. And um, that the music really matches that this, this, but this song is really probably by far the most memorable piece of music in the game, at least that we've heard so far, we just got to the uh, volcano level. So I don't know how much more we've got left. Mm. Um, I, I, we made burritos in space. I, I didn't think the game, I don't think the game is going to top that for me personally. Um, <laughs> when we were making burritos in space, it's like, this is, this is everything I've ever wanted out of life. I want to eat a burrito in space, but uh, I can't go argue play overcooked. You. If you haven't. Yeah. Go, <laughs> I mean, go get it, looking. man. Find a friend. It's a couch co-op. You can't do it online. So go find yeah, a and few that's, friends. And I, I love that about this. And it was, I'm so glad they ported Switch because it's perfect for that. Switch is all about couch co-op. Mm-hmm. And then I can bring this anywhere and like break off a Joy-Con and give somebody a controller and be like, all right, we're cooking, we're cooking burgers. You prep the meat. I'll get the buns on the plates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's just wonderful. It's, yeah, it's such a fun game. All right, let us move on to our final track of the night. Uh, this one's a this one's a pretty special one to me. Um, I didn't realize until just now that uh, so much of this stuff is a. Uh, this is another one that was introduced to me by Banjo Gaiali. Um, the Turrican series uh, is not something that I'm overly familiar with because, um, well, it wasn't very big over here in America, but it was big on stuff like the Amiga and the the ZX Spectrum and whatnot over in Europe. No, it wasn't ZX Spectrum. It wasn't on there. Maybe it was. I don't know. Turrican's been all over the place. But um, the music of Turrican, uh, specifically Turrican 2, I had never heard before and um, until Ali co- covered them. And I fell in love with these tracks immediately. Uh, and this one uh, from Turrican 2 is called The Desert Rocks by uh, Crystal Hulsbeck. Chris, Crystal. What the heck's a Crystal? It's I'm by Chris. Sure. Crystal. Cr- I almost said it again. What is wrong with me? Chris <laughs> Hulsbeck. Um, who has has a very interesting career. Uh, the, he's most well-known, I think, for at least in video games, for his uh, Turrican music. Um, he did the music for Turrican 1, 2, and 3. Uh, uh, but he also did the music to the original Great Gianna Sisters, which was essentially a Super Mario Brothers clone, so that's interesting. Uh, the, he did the C64 version of that. Um, Star Wars Rogue Squadron for Nintendo 64. That's really cool. Uh, and yep. most recently, Bubsy the Woolly Strike Back. <laughs> oh boy! I don't tell Dean. I don't know how they got him to do the music to a new Bubsy game, but all right, there's no level, there's no end to the the weird of that game's existence. But so the version that we're going to listen to, because Turrican was on Turrican Two was on a lot of different platforms with very different sounds, um, including uh, Sega Genesis here in America, but not as Turrican as Universal Soldier. Mm. They reskinned the game to be a movie tie-in, uh, but they kept the music, so that's really cool. Uh, but the music that we're going to listen to is from the um... – oh, crap, I really got to uh, – I got to look this up. It's um, the uh, the uh, soundtrack anthology that he released on his uh, SoundCloud page, I think, uh, or Bandcamp, one of those things. Um, what these are is the original tracks, but uh, done with high-fidelity instruments. Um, so basically, he's he he re-recorded all the the music to the Turrican games, uh, the way that they sounded in his head. You know, not coming out of the computer systems, but the way he wanted them to sound. Um, they're 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 wonderful. Uh, they go. Uh, I'll put a link to them in the show notes. Go buy them. Uh, he deserves your money. This music <laughs> is great. Um, so uh, this is 
probably it's probably my favorite track from Turrican too, uh, which is an extraordinary soundtrack from beginning to end. But uh, this one and this this is this is great. This is just a great great piece of music. So um, let's enjoy the Desert Rocks from Turrican Two. Here you go.
think one of the things that I love so much about this arranged anthology version is that it still sounds like it's from 1991. Like it just sounds like it's from a 1991 movie instead of a 1991 video game. Yeah, there was a movie that just came out recently called uh, Turbo Kid, and it was a very like tongue-in-cheek kind of uh, film. You know, it was made in the vein of films that were made in the 80s. It was like, in the distant post-apocalyptic future of 2017, the world is a wasteland. <laughs> and, like, that's this is the music that I would expect to hear in something like that. I was looking at screenshots, mm-hmm. and everything I saw, all the artwork, all the levels, everything, that song embodies everything I was seeing. And it's, like, perfect. Yeah, you know, at this, it, it the great thing about it is like it could have gone in this in a much more traditional, uh, harsh, actiony kind of situation, but instead it's just this kind of happy major note thing, and it's 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 wonderful. It's just wonderful. Um, having very little uh, knowledge of the game before I had heard the song the first time in in Ollie's cover, I was uh, I was immediately taken by just the composition of it and. And how much fun it was! Uh, it really made me want to seek out the game. So when I, I did you know look up videos of it, I, I at the time didn't know that it was also Universal Soldier on Genesis, and um, I, I listened to all these different versions of the song, and I thought it was just just really cool hearing it coming out of these uh, different machines, particularly the Amiga version. It's just super cool sounding. But um, uh, a few years back, I picked up a a crazy Sega Genesis collection off of somebody. Um, I just got a really ridiculously good deal. I got a bunch of rare Genesis games in it. And um, uh, one of those games was Universal Soldier. And I brought them all to my friend Mike's house. And we just sat down and played every game that I got in this giant collection. And when we got to Universal Soldier, I was like, man, this game seems oddly familiar to me. <laughs> and uh, I get to the uh, past this little intro thing ado that I think they tacked on for the Universal Soldier release. And once it opened up to the main stage and the Genesis starts cranking out this song, I was like, oh, this is Turrican 2, but it's Jean-Claude Van Damme. What's going on here? It's like, <laughs> I was, I freaked out. The Genesis version of this song is, is pretty badass, but I, I obviously I had to go with this one because this is kind of the quintessential version of it. It is, it doesn't get much better than this. And, and just, just what a great song. Like, the boldness of going this direction for this kind of an action game, I think is just really something special. And uh, I, I just, I love the joy that this song has in it. I, I it's like, you know, you're this you know, robot dude blowing up other robots. Like this game is tough. Like it's, it's Contra style hard and it's, it's, it's mm. relatively complex with the, the weaponry and whatnot. And, but it's, it, this is such a great way of starting off this game because it it's, it gives you that just really like going on an adventure 80s sci-fi vibe. Uh, you know, and obviously it was, it was 91 when it came out. So it wasn't still, it wasn't actually the eighties, but you know, you still had a lot of eighties in your nineties at that point. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, they bleed together. They definitely bleed together. You know, it was, it was so early in the, the, uh, the generation. It's, um, I, I love this song. I love, I love every, every piece of this song, even that giant chunk where it just kind of goes into this weird, uh, you know, darker sounding area there. Like it, it goes on like just, just that long was enough. Like where my you favorite start... part. Yeah. It's, it's so cool. Like it, it goes into that, like just darker area. And then all of a sudden it just, it cranks back out in this kind of half halfway, you know, it kind of halfway comes out, uh, back to the, the main major chord stuff. And then it just does another key change right there. And then bam, you're right back where you began. 
And it's right back to being like, yeah, we're out of the cave. Let's blow up some aliens. It's, <laughs> it's just so freaking cool, man. I, I love this track so much. It's it's just so good. Yeah, it's it's definitely a great track. I mean, like like you were saying. Do you have any? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Do you have any experience with the Turrican series at all? This is the first time I've even heard of this series. But when you said Universal Soldier, I remember going uh, to see that movie in the theater as a kid, dragging my poor mom to see these mindless action flicks. Uh, I was obsessed with Universal Soldier, the movie, as a kid, but that didn't last very long. So it's kind of ironic <laughs> that it comes around in this way. It's also so funny looking at that game skinned as Turrican because uh, the main character in Turrican can roll into a ball like Samus. So you're you're supposed to believe that the Universal Soldier game, Jean-Claude Van Damme, can do that. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Completely ridiculous, but it's it's a freaking awesome game. And really, go go download this soundtrack. I, I know we're, we we play a lot of this music. It's all you know stuff that I have in my collection and whatnot. And you know, uh, this is one of those things that is absolutely for sale. And always support artists when you can. Oh, absolutely. Always, always support them. Um, you know, if, if a video game soundtrack is for sale, plunk down the cash to buy it, and it's 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 totally worth it. To support these people uh, to to help them continue to get their music out there into the world. And um, Chris, uh, Chris Hulsbeck. I I hope I'm not uh, butchering your name too badly. Uh, is is a super cool guy uh, from what I've heard. I I believe Ollie's actually been in touch with him uh, since doing uh, covering his track. Like he's complimented him on, and they've worked together on stuff, which is so such a cool story. But um, that's really awesome. Obviously, I'm a Banjo Guy Ali fan too. So well, yeah. <laughs> well, this was fun. Uh, I you know it did go a little long, but you know who the heck cares really? Uh, <laughs> this this was this was a lot of fun. Uh, it introduced me to some some cool tracks I never would have heard otherwise. So um, same here, man. But I it's it, it's time to it's time to wrap it up. Yes. So so that's our show. Uh, join us next time for our fiftieth episode. Uh, to mark the occasion, Matt and I will be hitting on a game from our very favorite franchise. Uh, right, this is your favorite franchise, right? Metroid is I your would, top. I would say if it's not my number one, it's my number two. But I'm gonna go with number one. It's a, uh, it's my number two, right behind Zelda, and and I mean right behind yeah. Zelda, like it is right there next to it. I adore the Metroid series, and we are going to compare music. Uh, we were gonna do Metroid two, and um, but uh, similar to other episodes that I've done, like the original Legend of Zelda, where there just isn't quite enough music to fill an episode. Uh, I thought it would be really fun to compare music from Metroid Two: Return of Samus, AM Two R, and the recently released Metroid: Samus Returns. Uh, just to see how they've reinterpreted the Game Boy game in these two very different directions. And uh, it's it's going to be fascinating stuff. I think it's going to be a heck of a ride. So, yeah. as always, we'd love we'd love to hear everyone's thoughts and memories of the uh, the games we've discussed here today. Uh, and you can do so on the Waveback Facebook page. Just search for Waveback on Facebook. Waveback on Facebook. <laughs> ha! Waveback on Facebook, and you'll find more information about our next games, as well as a nice, convenient place to talk about them. Of course, you can always still send us an email at mail@ek.com. Just include Waveback in the subject line so we know what you're talking about. And while you're at it, check out all our social media channels which you can totally follow like and subscribe to if you haven't already be sure to check out all the other great content we have on our site over at geekade.com we're going to play out tonight with a song that isn't a level one theme technically but it does signify the beginning of a grand adventure and i can think of no better way to properly kick off 2018 than with the overworld theme from the legend of zelda link to the past by koji kondo 
It is one of the defining moments in 16-bit gaming and perhaps all of gaming. You just saved the princess from the dungeon. You heard about the pendants from Aghanim uh, and Aghanim, the dark wizard, from the priest. You throw open the sanctuary doors. The grass is green. The water is blue. It's the world of Hyrule as you always imagined it as a, if, you've, if you are coming from the 8-bit era. Mm-hmm. It is one of the most amazing pieces of 8-bit to 16-bit that you can possibly imagine. And one of the best versions of some of the most iconic music in all of gaming is playing loud and proud. Uh, so this is what we're going to send you off with for 2018. Have a fantastic year, everybody. We're going to be back in a few weeks with some Metroid, and we're going to try to keep... Um, Keep up as much of a pace on doing this show as frequently as possible for you because, gosh darn it, we enjoy doing it. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. (laughs) All right, that's it, everybody. Enjoy this Zelda music. Thank you again for listening, and have a great night.